We're going to get started in just a minute. But before we do, I want to talk to you about Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. This is what I use for my podcast, and it is fantastic. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the March or Die show. So thankful to have you listening wherever it is you happen to be listening from. If you are over at Mojo 5.0, thank you for joining us there. Uh, so grateful for the relationships that we have at Mojo. And even though this show is relatively new on Mojo, uh, we've been blessed to have another show, The Mighty Oak Show. Perhaps you've listened to that. If you haven't, you need to. But The Mighty Oak Show, we've been there for a couple of years now and uh, grateful for the relationships that we have. If you're listening at Mojo, thank you for doing that. Please continue to support there. Uh, of course, this can be found in podcast form on iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find it. And if you're listening at Mojo, but you'd like to take this with you, of course, you can listen to the podcast version. Please do that. Go ahead and make sure that if you're going to listen to the podcast, you subscribe wherever it is you're listening from so that you can keep up with new episodes as they come online. You can share these out with others. And uh, I would certainly appreciate that. But more than anything, I do this show to be a help to you and to be a help to those that you know uh, that may be encouraged by the content that we're producing. So grateful to be able to do this. The March or Die Show, if you have not listened to this show in the past, is really uh, an attempt, if you will, to answer the question, how do you move forward when the world around you is falling apart? What are some principles that you need to have in your life, some things that you can do, perhaps some techniques that you can employ when you feel like your world is falling apart? And I think all of us can relate to that. Whether it's in our personal lives, we, we've experienced things, maybe uh, big things, maybe large uh, events have taken place, very traumatic things have happened that cause us to look around and come to the conclusion, my life is falling apart. Perhaps it's in your extended relationships, maybe it's in your workplace. Uh, right now, I think all of us could look at the country that we live in and the world that we live in and say things are not great. Sometimes it feels even like everything is falling apart around me. How do I move forward in spite of that? I think all of us should desire to be more than simply survivors. I'm thankful for survivors. We talk about uh, those who have survived tremendous traumas in their lives and overwhelming difficulties. Survival is sometimes all you can do, survive. But on the other side of survival, there needs to be a pressing forward. There needs to be a growing into the life that you were created by God to live. And really, as we look at obstacles, as we look at difficulties, when we come to the conclusion that we feel like our world is falling apart, we have to then take the next step 
and move forward in a meaningful way. That's so important. But then we ask the question, how? (laughs) I want to move forward. I certainly don't want to stay where I am to remain stuck. But how do I move forward? The simple answer, we're going to get into something very specific today, but the simple answer on this show, at least, on this uh, podcast, as we discuss these things, and often we have guests on today, it's just going to be me talking. Uh, but the simple answer is this. You need to march, putting one foot in front of the other, getting to a place where you can defeat whatever enemy it is you're facing, or you can choose, if you want to, to stay where you are and die. I don't think any of us want that, but that's often where we end up. And death, as I've mentioned so often, is not always of the physical kind. Sometimes when we find ourselves in those battles of life, we end up giving up. We quit. We may be doing the things that we're supposed to do. We're going to work. We're raising the kids. We're shuffling around. We're existing, certainly. Maybe we're breathing air, but we're not really alive. Because on the inside, if we're honest, we understand that we are emotionally, relationally, spiritually dead. We've given up. And that's what happens so often when we find ourselves in those uh, overwhelming situations in life where it feels like things are falling apart. We're so overwhelmed that the thought of moving forward is a thought that we can't bear. But really, we have to make a decision in the midst of those battles, in the midst of those fights, in the midst of those overwhelming circumstances, uh, that even though we may not be able to see the end from where we are, we can't exactly figure out all of the steps that will take us forward. We need to decide to march, putting one foot in front of the other and on purpose, intentionally, even if it's hard, moving to the place where we really need to be. And again, so often I have guests on that can unpack this from a uh, personal experience standpoint. We've had some great guests on here recently, and they, they tell their stories. They tell stories of overwhelming odds in their lives and overwhelming circumstances that knock them down. And yet, at some point, for some reason, they make the decision to march, to get up and keep moving forward. I love having those conversations because as we dig deep into those, and you can go back and listen to some of our recent episodes But as we dig deep into those, there are always some underlying principles that these folks have learned at some point in their lives and employed when things got difficult that allowed them to move forward. That's what this show is all about. I'm making a decision to move forward, but I need to know what those principles are, what those steps are, those those things that I need to employ to help me get there. What are those things? There's so many (laughs) And uh, if you're listening to the podcast version of this, again, I know there are a number of places that this can be heard from, but the podcast uh, of this show uh, can, you, you can go back almost 30 episodes. Yeah, Mojo, I've been, been with Mojo for, uh, I don't know, five or six episodes, but you can go back almost 30 episodes and so many principles, so many thoughts, so many uh, ideas, so many techniques for you to move forward. But I'll tell you one of the big ones, and this is one that is easy for us to understand, is not difficult to get a hold of, but for some reason is rejected by most of the people you know. (laughs) I don't understand it. There is a principle of life 
that can change everything for you, everything for your situation, and give you exactly what you need to overcome overwhelming odds if only you will employ this one very simple tactic or technique or principle. What is that? It's personal responsibility. Now, if you've listened to me talk, and you can go back on my social media and find videos where I've talked about personal responsibility, you can go to my YouTube channel, my personal YouTube channel, and find videos where I've talked about personal responsibility. Uh, I weave this into so many of the podcasts even that I've delivered, personal responsibility. But I talk about it often for two reasons. Number one, it is one of the most powerful tools any of us can employ against overwhelming odds in our lives. Personal responsibility. And number two, because personal responsibility right now in our society and in our culture is something that by and large has been rejected. This is amazing to me. Perhaps you've observed this as well. As the desire for people in our culture to accept responsibility for their own shortcomings and faults and difficulties, as that desire has gone down... (laughs) So less and less are people accepting responsibility. It seems like as that goes down, the obstacles, the difficulties, and the trials continue to go up. I mean, think about this. We look around our, our, our society and our culture. Society, not an easy word to say. Our society and our culture. We look around at all that's happening. We talk about the home and the family and the disintegration of those. We talk about how uh, really so many who are in that 18 to 25 or maybe even 30 voting block, the primary faith position of folks in that voting block right now, more than 50%, is none. What is your faith persuasion? I don't have one. It's none. Faith in our country and in our culture is diminishing. Families uh, and and the, the value placed on families is diminishing. Roles in the home, diminishing. Traditional gender roles, diminishing. Problems, increasing. And yet we're living at a moment in time where the best thing you can do to deal with your problems is find someone else to blame. If I was in church right now, I'd ask for someone to amen that statement. Because that's one of those amen statements right there. It seems like everywhere you look, there are problems. And yet there are no people who are willing to accept responsibility for the problems that exist. Our politicians, we know, uh, essentially are paid to find someone else to blame. Their full-time job is to find someone else to blame for the problems that they are encountering or we are encountering. But we see it everywhere. In fact, in so many ways, we teach our kids that if they're struggling at school, it's probably the teacher's fault or the system's fault. If they're struggling in some other area of their life, it can't possibly be their fault. We value self-esteem. We almost idolize it to the point that we have diminished personal responsibility. And so those that we've taught that they are responsible for nothing, when they encounter a difficulty, have no idea how to move forward. You may be able to hear in my voice that this is something I'm very passionate about. (laughs) I have kids, I try to teach them the power of personal responsibility. It's so powerful. 
It's what's missing in our world right now. But even in my own life, I try to again and again be reminded of the power of personal responsibility. Now, there is a truth in all of this. The truth is that not all of your problems are your fault. We'll just get that out in the open. I know that. I can acknowledge that. Not everything that you're going through is because you made a bad decision or you did something wrong. I know that. In fact, a very small percent of what you're dealing with right now, as you look at a world that's falling apart uh, personally or relationally or in your workplace, whatever the case for you, maybe it's not a world falling apart that seems uh, very dramatic. Perhaps it's just obstacles that you're dealing with, some battles that you're facing. Perhaps a very small percentage of what you're dealing with right now is because of something you did, some decision that you made. But as a good friend of mine likes to say, if only 10% is your responsibility, (laughs) then be 100% responsible for that 10%. This is what we're missing. None of us want to be responsible for the shortcomings or the difficulties in our lives. But if we don't accept responsibility for the things we can control, then we'll never move forward. I've talked about trauma often in my day job. I work uh, with the Mighty Oaks Foundation. Again, if you've listened to the Mighty Oaks show, you know this. But the Mighty Oaks Foundation, we work with veterans and active duty service members and first responders, folks dealing with um, some kind of trauma in their lives, most of them, whether it's related to their jobs or just related to life. We talk about this all of the time, and I've talked about personal responsibility as it relates to trauma. And sometimes people will push back on that. I'll say, you need to be personally responsible. You need to take responsibility for your lives. And they'll say something like this. Well, this isn't my fault. Someone did something to me. Something happened in my past. I was abused as a child or I was abused by a spouse. Something happened that was out of my control. That's not my responsibility. I am where I am because of the actions of others. Now, I can understand that. In my own life, I look around at a country that seems to be in chaos. So much of that is out of my control. Often in relationships or in other situations I might find myself in, uh, much of what I am dealing with is not because of things that I've done. It's out of my control. But here's the point. However I got here, (laughs) at some point becomes far less relevant then how I'm going to move from here. Look, you may be stuck in your life because you can't get over the fact that you are where you are. Maybe you are not where you are because of the actions of yourself, but because of the actions of others. Someone did something to you that caused a chain reaction that landed you right where you are right now. That's where you are. Check this out. (laughs) You may not be responsible for how you got there, But you have to take responsibility for moving forward from there. I'm not saying that the trauma in your life is your responsibility or the difficulties in your life or the obstacles in your life or the mistreatment in your life. I'm not saying that those things are your responsibility. What I'm suggesting today, though, is that when your world is falling apart, you need to take hold of what you can get a hold of. You need to be responsible for what you can be responsible for. 
You need to acknowledge that things have happened, that you're dealing with some obstacles. Maybe you need to reach out and get some help, uh, grab onto some resources. I've talked about this as well. But the only way that you will ever march when it would be easier to stay where you are and die, the only way you will ever start putting one foot in front of the other is when you accept responsibility for your actions now and for your future. So many people are stuck. So many people are overwhelmed. So many people are beat up. (laughs) They're no good to themselves. They're no good to others. They're not fulfilling the purpose for which they were created, the reason they were given life. They're not doing it. Because they're stuck saying, this is someone else's fault. A story I love, and I share it often and probably too often. I love it. It's the story of Dr. Ben Carson. Uh, you're familiar with Ben Carson, uh, a great American, incredible, incredible success story. Dr. Carson, if you were to read the Wikipedia page that talks about his many accomplishments, you'd read this. It says, Dr. Carson became the director of pediatric neurosurgery at the John Hopkins Hospital in 1984 at age 33. So check that out. I'll stop for you. <laughs> at age 33, the director of pediatric neurosurgery at John Hopkins University. He was the youngest chief of pediatric neurosurgery in the United States. He was also a professor of neurosurgery, oncology, plastic surgery, pediatrics, uh, all at the John Hopkins School of Medicine. He has so many accomplishments. One of those accomplishments is performing the only successful separation of conjoined twins who were joined at the back of the head. He performed the first successful neurosurgical procedure on a fetus inside of the womb, performing the first completely successful separation of type 2 vertical craniopagus twins. Say that word 10 times. He developed new methods to treat brainstem tumors. He revitalized uh, hemispherectomy. I'm having a really hard time with words today, but this is a technique uh, for controlling seizures. He's written over 100 neurosurgical publications. He's received numerous honors, of course, 60 honorary doctorate degrees. In uh, 2001, he was named by CNN and Time Magazine as one of the nation's 20 foremost physicians and scientists. He was selected by the Library of Congress as one of 89 living legends on his 200th anniversary. In 2008, Dr. Carson was bestowed the Presidential Medal of Freedom. These are incredible accomplishments. I love his story because you hear his accomplishments. You read these things on a Wikipedia page or you look at some other articles that have been written about his life and you think, man, he must have come from a great family and had these incredible opportunities. It must have been amazing. You may be very familiar with his story. I've read so much about him. Dr. Carson grew up in a very, very poor home. Single-parent home, he and his brother would go to school, and while they were at school, their mom (laughs) worked a couple of jobs simply to make ends meet. She She did the best she could to take care of them. And in spite of how poor they were and in spite of the obstacles that they were facing in their lives, she did her best to teach them to value education. In fact, Dr. Carson uh, tells the story of how he and his brother would go to school and they'd come home with their papers and their mom 
was finishing one job, getting ready to go to another job. But in between those jobs, she would have them give her their papers, whatever they were working on, their homework from the day. And she'd look over them and with a red pen, she'd make marks and tell them to fix what she had marked. And then she would go on. A great mom. (laughs) It's an incredible story and it becomes a heartwarmingly incredible story. When Dr. Carson acknowledges that it wasn't until many, many years later he did not realize his mother couldn't even read. She was working two jobs. She was holding a family together. They were living in a very difficult situation. She couldn't read, but she didn't let her boys know that because she valued their education. She wanted them to succeed. You could say that her world, in a sense, was falling apart. If nothing else, she was dealing with some incredible obstacles. And yet she took responsibility for what she could take responsibility for. She couldn't be responsible for everything. But she was responsible for her boys. And she did what only she could do. And she led them to become uber successful. Dr. Carson is one of the great American success stories. And in large part, it's because he had a mom who said, I'm not responsible for everything, but I'm responsible for those boys, and I'm going to do the best I can to move forward and take them with me. You see, that is the power of personal responsibility. Personal responsibility, again, being responsible for the things that I can control, for the 10% that is within my purview. It provides perspective. It provides great perspective. It allows us to say something like this, I am not a victim. Perhaps something has been done to me. Perhaps circumstances have changed around me, but I'm not a victim. It gives me the perspective that even though I am where I am, I have options. I will be responsible to, again, march forward. There's so much victimhood in our world. There are so many victims in our world. It seems almost to be a badge of honor to be a victim right now in our society. But there's a superpower when you say, I will not be a victim. I will instead be responsible. You know what else personal responsibility does? It offers freedom and clarity. I love this. Freedom and clarity. Uh, victims, people who are simply doing their best to survive, uh, they're not free. They have no control. They're doing their best to make it. Freedom and clarity come when we say, I will be responsible. I do have control. Perhaps not over everything, but I do have a measure of control. I'm going to control what I can control. There's freedom and clarity. Because not only do I have some measure of control, but I can dream, I can plan, and I can execute. Those who are stuck have stopped dreaming, have stopped planning, and certainly are not executing. Personal responsibility not only provides perspective and offers freedom and clarity, but it builds trust and confidence. Check this out. I have a really hard time trusting someone who will not accept responsibility for their actions. But if you are trying to lead others, if you're trying to be an example to others, again, maybe in the workplace, maybe in your homes, maybe just in life, 
Trust and confidence come because those who are watching you know that you can be trusted when things get hard. They know you're not responsible for everything. You're not in charge of everything. You can't control everything, but you're going to do the best you can to control what you can and that you will be responsible for the things that you can put your hands on. You'll be responsible for taking those next steps, even though the world may be (laughs) figuratively falling down around you. That's the kind of person people want to trust. People want to follow. Finally, I think personal responsibility adds the right kind of pressure to your life. This is maturity, and I think this is what we're dealing with. It's such a lack of maturity. Children don't want to be responsible for things because they don't want the pressure of responsibility. (laughs) But when you've already decided, I will be responsible for my part, I will be responsible perhaps not for how I got here, but for moving forward from here. I will be the person who can be trusted when things get hard. When you've made those decisions, that adds the right kind of pressure to your life. That adds the pressure to do the right things, to make the right decisions, to look around and see who you're leading. It adds the right kind of pressure. You know I'm not responsible for everything, but I'm responsible for my parts. You see, when looking for solutions to problems, the immature look for someone to blame. While the mature ask a very simple question, what can I do to make a change. That's what maturity is. That's what the person who has decided they will be personally responsible. That's what they do. <laughs> they look around and say, all right, I can't control everything, but what can I do to make a change? I wonder, in your own life, are you someone who accepts responsibility? If you are, then you have a superpower. (laughs) It's a superpower because most people don't and won't. But for the person who will, there is not an obstacle, there is not a difficulty, there is not a trial that can come into their lives that they can't deal with. Because at whatever point they find themselves, they'll look around and say, all right, what part of this can I control? What part of this is my responsibility? What can I do to make a change? I hope that thought is a help to you today. Because there is perhaps nothing more powerful in your life than taking responsibility for your life. Refuse to be a victim. Refuse to be defined by your circumstances or your past. Start dreaming and planning and executing once again. And move forward with purpose. See, in life, things will get difficult. There's no question about that. That's life. And often when they get difficult, it will feel like your world is falling apart. And when that happens you really only have two choices you can stay where you are and die the figurative kind the one where you're still breathing but on the inside you know there's nothing going on 
or you can accept responsibility, putting one foot in front of the other, and march. What are you going to do? Thank you for listening this week. Again, you can reach out to me. You will find me on just about every social media platform. You can listen to this and share it out from just about every podcast platform. And I'd be grateful if you did. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you next week. Finding uplifting news in today's headlines is often like searching for a needle in a haystack. At the Story Behind podcast, we believe in the power of finding heartwarming tales and are happy to share empowering stories with you every week. Hear about how Steve Harvey surprised a dying man on Family Feud with $25,000. Get inspired by the note a waitress received from a patron dining alone. And even hear about how one VIP passenger made a hard-working pilot get emotional before his flight. To start listening to the Story Behind podcast, visit lifeaudio.com or search Story Behind on your favorite podcast platform.